Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Without anything on his mind to speak to this church in particular. And so I wonder with an open arm, an open mind, and an open heart, if we would make Brother James Field welcome to this pulpit today. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, everybody. It is good to be in the house of the Lord this morning and to feel his great presence. Amen. And uh, we're excited to be here with you. What great hospitality we have been shown. And we do give great and high honor to your pastor. Amen. And uh, Sister Boyd also, the great work that they are doing here. And uh, we appreciate them. We love them dearly. And Thank them for all they do for the kingdom of God, not just here locally, but in the district. We appreciate it. Amen. Glad to have my wife, Tammy, here with me today. Wouldn't want to travel without her. Appreciate her. And um, anything I do wrong, she'll straighten me out when we leave. And, uh, but hopefully we'll be all right. If you have your Bibles, John chapter 16. John chapter 16 in your Bibles to the... Musicians did such a wonderful job in about 25 minutes. If you'll come on back to the music, that'll let me know what time we're at. I don't want to hold you too long. I'm not promising to quit then, though, but but uh, that'll be the little reminder to me because I get lost sometimes and, and uh, in the spirit, not in a bad way, but just caught up in things. Amen. John chapter 16. I appreciate pastors... Uh, well, it was preaching. It was preaching and teaching. Uh, it was wonderful. And um, so you may hear me say a lot of the same things. But that's how the Lord works. John chapter 16, and I want to read from verse number 31. Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Behold, the hour cometh, yea, is now come, that you shall be scattered, every man to his own, and shall leave me alone, and yet I am not alone, because the Father or the Spirit is with me or with the flesh. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation or hard times, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Amen. Would you pray with me? Father, we love you. We thank you for your goodness and mercy, your great loving kindness towards your people. May your face ever shine upon us. May your hand be upon us continually and the hedge of protection about your people universally. We thank you for the divine revelation that we have. We cherish it. We hold fast the profession 
of our faith without wavering. We have great confidence in our God. We'll give you all of the praise and the glory and the honor that you so rightfully deserve. Everybody said in Jesus' name. Would you clap your hands unto the Lord? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing so long, and I'll try not to keep you too long today. But we are living in perilous times, very perilous times. And there's nothing going on that God has not spoken of aforetime in his word. Both the Old and the New Testament, of which these two testaments pointing towards each other without any loopholes or contradictions. One scripture interpreting another scripture, and all scripture is given by the inspiration of God, and it is profitable unto God's people. I would not want to live without God's word in my life. We see the chaos of our society, the world around us, that the Bible said we'll even get to a place that Physically, it will stagger as a drunken man. The world unable. John 15, the Lord told us. He told everybody, I'm the vine and you are the branches. Without me, you can do nothing. Yet I travel and I preach and I try uh, to minister to people in the Holy Ghost and I see countless people trying to do things without God. I see it in my own family sometimes and sometimes I have to catch my own flesh trying or attempting to do something, solve something, handle something, control something without God. And I learned very quickly that without God there is no controlling anything. There is no getting a good grip on anything in this world without God. Adam and Eve in the garden made terrible mistake. Eve transgressed and walked away from God and she gave to eat of that forbidden tree. She gave to her husband who was there with her. Adam, without any voice of resistance, took and ate. Their eyes were open and they saw themselves as they had never seen themselves before. When people walk away from God, They see a side of themselves they never thought possible. And they find themselves receiving things into their lives because they have no strength and no power and no authority against them. The Bible says in Paul's writings to the Corinthian church in his first letter that the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It's not natural. It's not of this earth, but the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. And he said it's in the Holy Ghost. Anybody thankful for the Holy Ghost? There are some things you cannot get except you get in the Holy Ghost. God has reserved these things unto his spiritual kingdom. He told them in the New Testament in the four accounts of the one gospel, which is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he said to them that my kingdom is not of this world. He said, if it was, then my people would fight for me. 
my followers would grab sword and spear and and uh, whatever military might they could muster and they would fight to defend me and to protect. But my kingdom is not of this world. Pilate told Jesus, standing Jesus was, in shackles and chains, he was arrested. He allowed himself to be arrested. He was getting ready to lay down his life and then three days later he would pick it up again. Nobody took it from him. And I quote, when Pilate said to him, in shackles and chains, that your life is in my hands, I have power to save you or keep you alive or to kill you. And our God in flesh, our Savior, chains and shackles, arrested, said to Pilate, a man of great authority, in his domain and jurisdiction, you have no power except I give it to you. That blows my mind that the flesh was bound but that spirit was not bound. Paul said in prison, writing a letter to a church, Paul said, I may be bound, but the word of God is not bound. Whatever our physical restrictions, we are free in the spirit of almighty God. And he that the son has set free is free indeed. Somebody shout hallelujah. The kingdom of God is what I'm talking about. There's two kingdoms. There's the kingdom of the world. We have got chaos on every side. This world is coming apart at the seams. This world is headed to a place that uh, they're not going to want to be. Weeping, wailing, and gnashing of teeth. But I refuse in the midst of end times and the end of the end times to be a part of a church that is intimidated and scared and retreating. I believe that the power that God gave us is good for every generation and for all times. And as long as I wake up on this planet, I know that God is well able. God is on the throne. God is in control. The kingdom of God is not threatened. The kingdom of God is the most powerful entity that is on the planet. And if God be for us, who could dare stand against us? I find people shaking and trembling, worried and concerned. The world is falling apart. The world is falling apart. But the church is not falling apart. Amen? Somebody said one time he's got the whole world in his hands. I, I guess with creation he does, but when it comes to what God's got in his hands, he's got the church in his hands. You read the first three chapters of the book of Job and you will find that two times Satan presented himself to God in a business meeting. The first time the Lord said to him, where have you been? And he said, I've been on planet earth. I've been where you put me. He's not in hell. He's not in the lake of fire. He's on the earth. He's on the planet. He's in America. He's everywhere. He's the prince and the power of the air. But the Lord said to him, have you considered my servant Job? He picked one man on the place, uh, the planet and said, have you considered him? He said, I have considered him. 
but you have a hedge of protection about him that I can't touch him. The prince and the power of the air. And he said to God, I can't touch your man. How many know the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him? Don't lose any sleep over this world. The church is in good hands. We're not of the kingdom of the world. We're of the kingdom of God. And greater is he that is in us and for us. I love the scripture. I read the Bible, Old and New Testament. I love, you know, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. But the 66 books, 1,189 chapters, close to 800,000 words we have been given from God is just a nutshell of everything that went on. It's just what we need to get us from here to glory. It's not everything. Paul said, I suppose that it would take, the whole earth would be filled if we wrote down everything that the Lord had ever done. The planet could not contain the books that it would take to write the things of God. We serve a big God. We serve a mighty God. When we read the Bible, we must not always just read certain things. We must read the whole Bible. And we must take into account that our God knows how to run his business. The Bible says that when time shall be no more, God will send an angel. Everybody say one angel. The Bible said that angel will put one of his feet in the middle of the ocean and the other foot in the middle of the land and declare that time shall be no more. When I read that, I have to look up at that angel. That is a big angel that's got an inseam that one foot can be in the middle of the ocean and the other foot can sit on dry ground. That's the kind of God we serve. So don't be soon shaken in your mind and let not your hearts be troubled. If you believe in God, know that God will give us the victory. I get worried about people that say, Reverend, I'm worried, I'm scared, I'm not sure, I don't know. It sounds to me like the 10 spies that said, I don't think we can do it. We're like grasshoppers in their sight. Their walls are so thick that two chariots can pass side by side with never touching their wheels. They, they just looked at all the magnificent things of the kingdom that was against them and never settled their eyes on their own kingdom. But you'll notice the two spies, Joshua and Caleb, that said we are well able to take this kingdom. The only thing in their eyesight was their God. When you focus on the kingdom of this world, you have to look at the military. You have to look at the political scheme. You got to look at the economics. You got to look at a lot of things. But when you look at the spiritual kingdom, there's only one place to look. And that is him who is above all, through all, and in you all. You don't. Somebody help me here this morning. John said, I opened my eyes and I looked and I saw one throne and one that sat upon the throne. That's all the kingdom needs is one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. The kingdom, the kingdom of this world, when you look at it, 
the Lord said in the Old Testament, and he was making fun, but he was speaking truth. He said, they've got Lord's many small l, and they've got God's many small g. He said, the problem is that there are many gods and there are many lords. They have ears, but they cannot hear. They have eyes, but they cannot see. They have feet, but they cannot walk. And they have hands, but they cannot touch. Their gods are where they place them. On the top of a mantle, hanging from a rearview mirror of a car. Wherever they put their god, their god stays. You read the top of Mount Carmel and the showdown of one preacher. Not the church, because the church was in confusion. But one prophet, one preacher, and over 850 false prophets of Baal. He said, you go first. We'll both build altars. We'll pray to our gods. The God that answers by fire, let him be God. The people said, sounds good to us. He said, you go first. The Bible said they spent the whole day dancing around their altars. They foamed at the mouth. They cut themselves. We got those same spirits in our world today. Teenagers that cut themselves. Bleeding out for their gods. Sad thing is they don't even know what spirit's controlling them and what they're serving. But the Bible says they danced all day. They screamed and shouted and did all their stuff and no fire fell. They finally got so tired they fell against the altars and just wiped out. The prophet had made fun of them during their time of worship and uh, he, he, he wasn't too PC and politically correct or what Pentecostal correct. I don't know what it is. But he, uh, he said maybe you need to cry a little louder. Maybe he's hard of hearing. Maybe your God's on a long journey and he, he's not nearby and he can't hear what you're saying to him. So shout a little harder and, uh, and see if you can get his attention. Aren't you glad that you can think the name Jesus? You can whisper the name Jesus? And his ear is not dull and his arm is not short. God's got more extensions than you've got depth to the, to the darkness that you're in and the pit that you're in. David said, he brought me out of a horrible pit. You think about that, that God can reach down to where you are and absolutely pull you up to safety. I'm not talking about new age Pentecostalism where they want to tell you got a little feeling and three and a half tears drop down your face and you're all right. I'm talking about come in drunk and leave sober. I'm talking about come in hating everybody and leave out cold to preach the gospel. I'm talking about Paul who was a, a Saul of Tarsus who said I wasted the church but when the Holy Ghost got done with him he was preaching the gospel. I'm talking about real salvation. Not a propped up salvation. Not an add on, a lean to salvation. I'm talking about the same outpouring of the Holy Ghost that they got in Acts chapter 2. Well, I'm worried about the kingdom of God. You don't need never say that. God birthed his church in Acts the second chapter and it has been tested and tried every day since. In Acts the sixth chapter, they came with persecution. It scattered the people of God to the country and hillside. But the Bible said where they landed, there they preached the gospel. Men and women of the Bible that have been written about and recorded that were faithful to God, they were powerful people. They weren't the best dressed, but they were powerful people. They didn't, weren't the richest people of the community, but they were powerful. 
And you and I stand on the shoulders of such people pioneers that brought the gospel even to this part of Florida men and women that had things hurled at them words and stones and rotten fruit and came at them and you're not welcome here but they stood their ground and said we represent the kingdom of God I'm trying to preach to somebody the new age world might be getting sissified but not the church we're as strong as we've ever been We're as great as we've ever been. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. You got to turn the news off sometimes. You got to get rid of your newspaper sometimes. They only report one kingdom, but this reports the other kingdom. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Somebody clap your hands and shout hallelujah. Oh, heaven. You may be seated. Heaven and earth shall pass away. But my word. See, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. And that word became flesh. You know it as well as I do. You cannot separate God from the word. It's one and the same. (laughs) Somebody said, well, I don't see the sense of going to church and getting what you call a word from God because I'm I'm struggling. It's amazing to me the people that say, I need to miss church this Sunday. I got to get my family together. That that is so foreign to me. (laughs) I was trained you go to church to get your family together. It's kind of like it's kind of like a couple that was fighting, arguing is a better word to use, and uh, it started on Sunday morning where they get ready for church, and and uh, it traveled with them all the way to church, and they was back and forth about something, didn't matter what, and uh, I'm not telling about me and my wife, in case you're wondering, and uh, <clears throat> this couple in another state, and and uh, they got to the house of God and continued. By that time, they weren't talking. They went in and sat together because you have to give good, you know, appearances. And uh, so they sat together and and uh, gentleman got up and started the song service. And they were both sitting there kind of mad, kind of turned away from each other a little bit, not talking. And But the more the service went on, the gentleman started, he started feeling the Holy Ghost. So he started clapping his hands and lifting his hands. Next thing you know, he took a lap around the church and came back to his seat. And he's worshiping his wife sitting there and she tugged on his suit coat and she said what are you doing we're mad at each other and he told her he said I'm mad at you I ain't mad at God that, that's the way I was raised that's the things I believe that you even, even if you was having a problem or something come on to church because when you get in his presence it can melt all that hardness Jesus said be careful of the cares of this world that choke out the word of God Cares are not sin. Cares are mortgage payment, car payment, raising the kids, taking care of a dirty house and and cutting the grass. These are cares, paying bills. But don't let those things so dominate your life that you quit reading the Bible. You quit going to church. When I thought if I was down at at the apostolic church, I, I believed that, you know, it would just be automatic. There's nothing automatic about it. 
You have to strive to enter in at the straight gate. You got to strive to stay in the kingdom once you get in the kingdom. That means to fight and to struggle. There's no time for silence, no time for restriction and arms at one side. And, and I, I'm intimidated. We must not be intimidated. David at 14 years old faced a Goliath with six fingers on each hand, six toes on each foot, and spearhead weighed 50 pounds. And he said one time after he heard him, who does this uncircumcised Philistine think that he is? Now, Israel had been down to the battle for many days and they heard Goliath every day. Send me a man. The kingdom of this world presented their champion. There was nobody willing to stand up, come out of their tent or behind their rocks from hiding and say, I'll represent the kingdom of another world. And the Bible says David, unqualified to be at battle, was sent with bread and cheese from his father to his brothers. When he got there, he heard one time what they'd heard many times. And he had no physical strength, but he had spiritual strength. Young teenager but he'd been in a field strumming some instrument and talking to God he had taken out a bear and a lion and he figured this was no different isn't it amazing that we can get a victory from the kingdom of God hand delivered to us and it not be two weeks later we run into something else and we wonder if this kingdom is good enough to take care of it. He brought them through the Red Sea. They doubted him and ready to turn back to leeks, garlics, melons, and onions. And he said, no, we're going to the other side. They got to the other side and all their thoughts of turning back had turned into praise and worship. And Miriam grabbed a tambourine and they started singing a song of victory under their God. But it wasn't too many days. They got to the bitter water at Mara and they were thirsty. And they got to complaining and grumbling. We got to be careful about that grumbling in between victories. Those valleys in between Sundays. Somebody say amen. The kingdom that we are a part of. You know, I, I tell, I pastored for 22 years and I would tell new converts when they come in. I said, you, you, you're going to have to do a lot of changing because you've changed kingdoms. And you left a natural kingdom and you've come into a spiritual kingdom. And so all that intellect and knowledge you had in the world that helped you savvy and get through the world is not going to help you so much in here. Somebody say amen. It's a spiritual kingdom. You have to learn to pray and get in the spirit. You have to learn to unball your fist and open your mouth and talk to God and say even to the wicked kings and say, even if my God chooses not to deliver me, I will not bow and be intimidated. And you can give me all the opportunities and play your music more and more and more, but I will not bow. What I told you yesterday, I tell you today, and I'll tell you tomorrow. I am sold out to this kingdom of heaven, and I will not turn back to the kingdom from whence I've been delivered. I will not go back to the beggarly elements of the world that once bound me. I will. I have tough days in the church, but my worst day in the church is better than my best day in the other kingdom. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
you hear what she said? Did you hear what he said? Did you read the article? Do you understand? Do you know? Friend, I have got to turn news off so often. I can't even, can't even, on the internet, anything, and it just gets your blood to boil and gets you upset. I've seen it get Christians into a bad spirit real quick about what's going on. You gotta stand fast and see the salvation of your God. Put your seatbelt on and real, I'm buckled into this apostolic message and they had it tough in the first century. We got it tough in the 21st century, but our God's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and his eye is on every sparrow and is high is every on every un, one God believer. And I know, I know that my Redeemer liveth. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Trying to beat off the spirits and also encourage at the same time. Pharaoh told the midwives in a time when God's people were in hard bondage and slavery to a world-known superpower. Pharaoh, that leader, told the midwives, when you go in to deliver the children of the Hebrew women and you see that it's a little boy, I want you to kill it, abort it, right on the birthing stool. The Bible said some time went on because he was worried their numbers would get so great and their young men would become strong adult men and one day overthrow Egypt. And that's still the devil's fear is that our young children become adults, grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, go from Sunday school, right, to youth, to hyphen, to adult class and become spiritual leaders of their homes and families. And he still fears us. And so the Bible says that some time went on and Pharaoh evidently saw a lot of little Hebrew boys running around and he knew that they had been born since he'd given that decree. And so he called the midwives together and said, did I not tell you? And they said, oh, you told us and we, we listened and obeyed. But, and I'm quoting for you, these Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women. He's, they said, by the time we get to the we get the call and we get down to the birthing room. They've already delivered their own babies and hid them from us. And the Bible says, so the people of God multiplied in a time of great affliction. You won't read a time where God tells his people, all right, it's okay to quit. It's okay to tuck tail and run and settle. No, no, he gives us strength in the midst of the storm and he gives us peace in the midst of the storm. And he said to them in our text, I'm going to give you peace. You'll have peace in me. Everybody say in God. In God, whose name is Jesus, we will have peace. But in the world, we shall have tribulation. Two kingdoms. In this kingdom on the planet, you will have great tribulation. But the kingdom that I represent, so as long as you're in my kingdom, you're going to have great peace. He said in another place, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I thee, but my peace I give unto you. And you can be on this planet as we are today and all the chaos and have tribulation, but you can open your Bible or get in your prayer closet and get into the next kingdom, the spiritual kingdom. And the more you talk to him and the more you read about him, you start getting a peace about you. 
Somebody shout hallelujah. I've never come out of the prayer room and out of a Bible study saying I cannot make it. I will not be able to get through this. But I come out with great peace and great joy and great strength. You can stand with me. Bible says that Daniel's co-workers convinced the king, their boss, and Daniel's boss to sign a decree that anybody prays or asks request of any god or king beside thee for the next 30 days shall be fed to the den of hunger lions. The Bible says, and when Daniel knew that the decree was signed, he went into his chambers. His windows, if you read it closely, were already opened eastward towards Jerusalem. And he prayed as he had aforetime. Daniel had been taken captive. He'd been promoted in this kingdom. He was the boss and the leader of these men that turned him in. He had been elevated in this kingdom, but he still prayed three times a day. Windows open eastward towards Jerusalem. Then his co-workers turn on him, and he's going to be fed to the den of lions because he knows he's not going to stop praying. The Bible said he went home, and he did what he'd always done. Circumstances change, but our relationship with God should not change. Well, the king signed or Congress passed a law or the, the, the president did this or the first lady did whatever it is and whatever, what dictator, it doesn't matter, whatever's going on, the church must stay the same. We keep looking under the hills from whence cometh our help. My help cometh from the Lord. Watch it. Look at it. Me, little old me, I don't have anything in this world, but my help does not come from Congress, doesn't come from the White House, doesn't come from Hollywood, doesn't come from Tallahassee. My help cometh from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. The maker of the whole planet is my help. Would you lift your hands in this place? Would you tell him, Lord, I lift my eyes and my mind my thoughts to that spiritual kingdom. Hallelujah. This altar's open for some that have might have been attacked lately in your mind and in your spirit. Contemplating some things. Struggling with some things. Not as spiritual as I once was. Not as committed as I once was. I've gotten a little shaken lately. Fear has set in. But I'm going to look again. I'm going to be like Samson that said, I'm going to pray one more time. And I'm going to ask God to give me one more victory. Anybody in this place? My heart's gotten a little troubled and I need, I need the peace of God. I need the peace of God to settle on me. I need to see anew and afresh that my God is still God.
Hallelujah. With hands lifted, minds focused, and voices raised. Would you talk to him who is above everything? He's above all the tribulation, all the hardship, all the pain and suffering. He's above it all. And his face is shining upon his church. He is not an angry God. Oh, he's easily entreated. His children can sit on his lap. His hedge of protection is in force. Oh, God. I pray for every backslider. I plead the blood of Jesus. Let not one soul be lost in this community. Oh, Jesus. We look unto you. We set our eyes upon you. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.